When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is up? What's going on, man? How are you? It's been a couple of weeks, but that's our summer schedule. People deal that's with it. That's our summer it. schedule, man. <laughs> you know, it's our, it's our summer, not so summer hiatus. So yeah, yeah, sure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody out there in the uh, podcast universe is, is doing okay. Uh, doing all right. Enjoying their summer, staying cool or, or warm or safe, depending on where you are in the region. Uh, Northeast is going to be hit with a hurricane. So I hopefully you guys are staying. Yeah. Uh, the fact, the fact that like, the fact that like like the Northeast, both of us being from the Northeast, like the fact that the Northeast is getting a hurricane. I I, I know Sandy and all that, but just like it, right. it still just doesn't yeah, in my brain, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me either, but it's starting to become like a a semi It's a new normal. Yeah, it's, it's like a it's like normal. a semi normal thing now. Yeah, it's normal now. It's like yeah. fucking New York's gonna have gusting winds and rain, sideways rain and shit. Like it's in like August. those freaking movies that were like the where the world's ending. That's really what it's like. Well, it, like. well, depending on who you ask, the world is ending. So yeah, it's probably. <laughs> I'm one of those people, man. I, I I do not have hope for civilization. I'm being serious, bro. Like, you I'm know, at a I try point now where it's just like I I I'm becoming a nihilist at this point, like one thousand percent. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't. I try, I, I try to be positive. I try to be positive, but man, there's, there's things that happen. This is, this is what happens when you are on social media too much, man. And, and per our careers, we have to kind of be on social media. I mean, it's kind of, you know, kind of be, be pointless if we're doing this and not on social media in some form or, or fashion. But yeah, man, when you're on social media, it, it's, it's like you literally just see the terrible ills of the world and you're just like, yeah. Doom yeah, scrolling is real. For Doom real. For real. Is a real thing. But that's why I always tell people, like, yo, you gotta take a break from social media sometimes. Like, yeah. if you don't absolutely have to be on there, just stay off. Or or avoid conflict on social media or avoid shit, the trappings yeah. of social media. It's, but it's hard. That's impossible. Do you know how hard that is for me to do? Oh, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, it's easier said than done for it sure. Like it is one it is meme where I'm like, oh my God, these people cannot be serious. Yeah. Oh, I, I, listen, I, I use Saturday and Sunday as like my break days. Like where I only go on social media if it's just for memes and funny videos and shit like that. Political stuff, even sports debates. Like it's, it's to the point where sports debates become toxic. Like 
I just I just lay off all that shit. Like basically, I give myself like Friday evening from like six to basically eleven fifty nine on Sunday. I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm no <laughs> breaks. Obviously, it's easier said than done. Of course, with our jobs and stuff, it's hard to avoid. But yeah, yeah I'm a doom scroller, man. Like I was in I was in Miami for a little bit, and like literally for like two hours one day, I was on the couch just. And that's where they get you to just like Florida COVID cases, Florida, DeSantis. Like I'm just like, you're on, you're on, you're on the couch. You're on the shitter. (laughs) You know, you're in bed at night. Me, I'm I'm at 2 a.m. in the morning. Just getting mad. Doom. Yeah. Just mad. Yeah. We got a good morning comment here. Good morning. Good morning. Wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining (laughs) us. Um, Good morning. It'll be morning here soon in about three hours. But yeah, so it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that, you know. You know, social media basically captures how you feel about the world. But you know, I try, I try to stay, I try to stay, I can't, I try to stay relatively uh, away from it. I'm not saying I'm successful at it. I'm just saying that I try to, you know, whether that happens or not, you know, you you know what, you know, what's a good thing? Do not get in political debates online. I, I don't. I used to, I used to get so upset. And my wife would laugh at me. She's like, you don't fucking know these people. Like, why are you like, it's so unfair. and then it's like, I just stopped. I gave up. I, I don't do it anymore. Well, I don't. That That's why I had to uh, get off Facebook was because I did know those people. So like, mm. I can argue with people on Twitter all day because at the end of the day, I don't know you. And I can yeah. be like, oh my God, like your views are so abhorrent. Like, but at the right. end of the day, I don't know you. You don't really affect my life personally. But like Facebook, I'm literally arguing with people i went to high school with that i legitimately just like loved as human beings mm-hmm. like, yeah. i can't believe you guys have these viewpoints and i'm, I'm not talking about viewpoints on taxes and deregulation i'm talking like oh like you don't think my friend's life matters okay right. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. wild that's why no, <laughs> you know it's, you know it's the craziest thing and i'm and obviously i'm not the first person to make this yeah. joke but facebook has really showed us who's really racist and who's not like it's crazy yes. like that's like the greatest impact facebook will have like besides connecting people and all that like like showing you who you thought was cool and it really has like some really shitty abhorrent views. Like, yeah, it's like race, like, bro, like I'm just like, I knew you like we hung out, like we chased broads together. And now it's like, <laughs> you're a fucking MAGA person, like and a hardcore MAGA person at that. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Proud boy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. But yeah, no, I, I um, I gave up argument on, online, man. It's I'm yeah. much better for it. So right now, if I'm on Facebook, I am on Facebook, but I'm I'm on there for my family, friends, close friends that I already know that I fuck with, regardless, and that's it. And I don't, and I just, you know, sometimes I stir the pot on Facebook, but but I just no. I just I kind of just throw I just throw a grenade and see where it lands, and then I'm just out of dodge. Fuck that no. shit. I, I've like with this Afghanistan it. shit. Oh yeah, I did that uh, a bunch this week. But even that, like, I, I definitely matured. Like for instance, like the Jimmy Dore video we had. Like all those comments are about ripping me, and like I've been able to like look at them and just go <laughs> and laugh, <laughs> and like just kind of take a step back and go, okay, like if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. <laughs> Josh, Josh, the normie Democrat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, but, like right. maybe five years knew. ago, I, I would be in the comments like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Nah, just I I don't understand it, man. I I, I get it now. I I don't understand yeah. celebrity. Like I don't understand KD. Like Ke- Kevin, please. Kendrick, like man. you you have you to have, have to, you have to have player of our generation. Like you have to have some. Like you're going back and forth with some dude online. 
that has like 10 people following. And I'm not even like, oh, you got 10 people follow. Like, but like literally these these people that have no avatars that you're right. just going back and forth with for what? For what reason? Other than Thunder just your own. 672471. Like, right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Stop. Stop, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, you have to have better things. Like, Kevin, go build a homeless shelter. Like, go do something productive with your time. <laughs> then, then, then to do whatever it is you do with your 1,300 burner accounts, apparently. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, it is. Uh, but yeah, man, how's, how's life? How's everything, uh, how's everything over at the, uh, at the job? Everything's good. Uh, I can make an announcement pretty soon. Many you know what I'm talking about, but I can't yes, say sir. it publicly yes, yet. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. So projects are in the works. Uh, basketball season is around the corner, which is a hint at what I will be doing. And, you know, in about a week or two, I'll be able to tell you exactly what that is. But work is getting very busy right now, which is a good thing. Busy is good. So how about busy you? Busy is good. Busy is good. Same, man. Yeah. Same. Trying to sell a house. Um, trying to get a house to finish building. Um, podcasting. You know, the, the, the usual. You know, I'm life. a very busy man. Uh, yeah, the life. You know, uh, How's MLB bro? MLB bro's good. MLB bro's yeah. good. Uh, I'll probably be on again with Debatables this week. Uh, again, nice. shout out to Mark Gray, uh, you know, my co-host on there. And uh, yeah, I'll be making me laugh, do, man. Just doing different things, man. <laughs> yeah, just doing different things. <laughs> just doing different oh, things. Man. Just doing different things, man. Trying oh, to stay active, man. trying to stay busy. Shout out to the boys at the Vanguard, Zach and Gavin. I was supposed yes. to be on this week. Again, to talk about Afghanistan, I'm becoming like a weekly correspondent on there. Yes, um, sir. That's, that's right. a good thing. No, shout out, shout out to them, man. Those those guys. Are, yeah, come on over. Come on over. Come on we need over. all of, all of you guys as you can. Um, no, but shout out to Gavin and Zach. Uh, they were supposed to have me on this week again, but just it's just been such an insane week with work, my day job, and then of course podcasting and stuff that I couldn't I couldn't swing it. But definitely, I'll, I'll try to be on this week to provide another perspective on our our main topic today but yeah let me know oh, shout out to your last appearance it was, it was oh and we're and we are planning for for who if you if we do have some vanguard watchers and listeners or whatever um we are planning a uh, a mashup in any given sunday vanguard mashup um it'll be fun that'll be fun that'll be fun given vanguard any given yeah. Vanguard. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Any given Vanguard. We might even have to merge. You know, we'll get our right. we'll get our boy Clement. Shout out to Clement to, to yep. merge the logos or something. Like we'll, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. You know, we'll do it. But no, we're working with that. Something in the works. Uh, my my um, my uh, my hope is something around uh, October November um, where there's an opening in the schedule for both sides obviously and then That's we can just kind of have fun yeah close to some election stuff and yeah. you know just in general uh just you know just shoot the shit for a couple hours but yeah that'll be fun that'll be fun so we're working on that so stay tuned for that but yeah man other than that man just you know of course all the stuff i do with dead end i mean just just staying busy just staying busy man so yeah i can't i can't complain um I would say selling a house is probably taking up most of my time, but you already know you already know my feelings on that. I listen, selling a house has made me hate people more than I already hate people. <laughs> I, I hate people. I really hate people. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will you'll never realize how dumb and annoying and vain some people are until you actually try to sell them something, especially a house. Like yeah, it it, it amazes me the things people say and do and comment on and whatever but it is what it is man but no i'm, okay, I'm good you, i'm you good to talk about it oh <laughs> <laughs> no i actually i don't because i i've had a good day like honestly like i had a bunch of showings today 
for those who don't know, I'm selling my house. I, you know, we we upgraded our home. We bought a we bought a new house, and we're getting it built uh, from the ground up. And obviously, that's stressful enough because they're pissing me off. Shout out to Richmond Homes. Um, they're pissing me off for uh, just being incompetent. So I won't. I, I'll leave them alone this week. Um, they haven't done anything to piss me off this week. But no, man, just trying to sell a house. Um, we thought that this was a good market for sellers. It was definitely a seller's market. And um, for some reason, the seller's market skipped me because I'm having like the worst luck ever trying to sell my house. And it's like full disclosure, like my house is is okay. Like I have a decent, yeah. decent house. You know, only thing is I don't have a big backyard. And apparently for where I'm at selling my price or selling my house at the price that I'm selling it, which is 600K, um, you apparently need a backyard or people won't fuck with you. Like it's to the point where really, literally, yeah, bro, I've, I've shown you the yeah. feedbacks we get. Have, yeah. I, I seen some of it, but have you, um, so do you have any, anybody else in your neighborhood that has recently purchased a home that you can talk to you or has sold their home that you can talk to you? Yes. Two, two, two houses down a lady in and, February. And the same thing. We, we needed a backyard. No, no. That's the crazy part, right? So two, bro, now, two you, houses. you need, you need to get two white friends to pose <laughs> you need to do that man i've seen this i'm sorry I, this has happened a few times where black people have gotten their white friends to stand in as if there was their homes you take out all your family pictures you place with their family pictures and that shit will sell tomorrow you know the sad part is you're probably right that's kind of that's you know we we do like when i leave because sometimes i'm like before i that's used to like thing, try to bro. Be, i don't give a fuck man i've, I've seen it too many times i've seen too yeah. many stories i mean there's no data no studies on it there's I'm no sure. data it's one of those yeah. things that you can't really even it's, it's like anecdotal um, stuff i'm reading but like right listen man like i would no. try it like at this point listen i've <laughs> i've you know it's t- there's times where like i've left the house for a showing and the people will get here that's another thing by the way like i don't understand why people schedule an appointment to see a house at a certain Certain time and then show up 30 minutes prior prior to the time like why do that that's that's awkward as fuck it's already an awkward situation where i'm leaving yeah. my house to so some random stranger can walk around it but but then it's like you show up all early and shit so like it's weird so be there it's i don't think there's anything that you can't be there it's more of like it's one of those like unwritten rules type of thing it's okay. just like it's better if the owner's not there that type of thing because you're not you're not private selling it so it's not it's you know there's a process and there's a realtor gotcha. that's going to show them the house and that sort of thing I, I don't i don't think there's like a you must not be there or you'll be sued type of thing nah it's just right. more of a common courtesy customs type of thing you gotta um, get out your own damn house in order for someone to look at it yeah and me with three kids all under the age of oh seven. Oh my god, that's brutal. And wrap them up and and also keep my house clean and right. show ready, basically like a museum. Anybody that has kids will 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 agree with this. It's it's fucking nearly impossible. But um yeah, man, it's just stressful because it's like it's stuff that's like out of your control. It's like the yard is the biggest thing. And like we don't the biggest thing with our backyard is like, A, it's not big. I mean it's decent enough, but it's not big, and we don't really have any grass back there, it's just dirt and gravel. And like, apparently I'll say it. Some of these white folks are just like, no, we need a yard. We need a, like, we need a football field. We need, we need basically like, we need Allegiant stadium back there. Like it's essentially that's the the feedback you've been getting. Essentially the feedback that we've been getting it, man. Like honestly, and like everything is like, Oh, the house is perfect. Space wise. It's amazing. Price is just right. Awesome house. Yeah. It doesn't have like, like, okay. Like we literally can have like, Trump Tower style gold toilets in every bathroom and like diamond floors and people like, yeah, that's great. But yeah, it doesn't have a backyard. 
Like, it's like okay, great. So, yeah. It is what it is. I'm not trying to... It's first world problems. And for anybody who's listening or watching, it's first world problems. I'm not trying to stress about it. I get it. You know, there's right. way worse shit going on in the world. How than, dare you buy a house? You know, how dare... Yeah, exactly. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed and fortunate enough where I'm in a position you know, financially and career wise to be able to not only buy one house, but to buy another and sell one. So I, I, I don't lose sight of that, but yes, it is very stressful. It is very stressful. So uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. I mean, we had, so we get these, you know, just, just to wrap up on this point, um, we get these, you know, my wife has the, uh, the Windermere app. That's where our, our leasing or our realty company is. And, uh, you know, she gets the feedbacks, you know, our realtor reaches out to whoever's seen the house because he knows who comes to see the house. You know, so, you know, let's say Josh comes to see the house. So, you know, the realtor, my realtor will reach out and say, hey, you know, you saw the house today. What did you think? Are you interested? And, you know, they'll basically leave a feedback or sometimes or and they'll leave a feedback through him or sometimes they'll go into their app and leave a feedback there. And it gets back to our realtor, which shares it with us on. And it's all app based as everything is in 2021. Right. So, like, of course, we get all of these feedbacks. And it's just the same thing. It's like, you know, but sometimes it's like dumb shit. Like, right. oh, it doesn't have enough parking. Like, what? <laughs> you have a driveway? Yes, we have a driveway and a two-car garage. <laughs> don't have enough parking. Like, what the fuck are you trying to park? A fucking semi? Like, what the fuck are you parking here? Like, and like the, the, the house across the street from us, our neighbors across the street, like, they have a fucking big-ass RV. And they they fit that shit in their lot, and our their lot is just as big. <laughs> their lot is just as big as it's <laughs> just as big as our house, and and yeah, they they make do just fine. So I don't know what the hell this dude was talking about. We had one lady that was looking at the gutters. Like I've never met a woman in my life. I've been on Earth for thirty four and a half years. I've never met a woman in my life that cared so much about gutters. But this <laughs> this fine young lady here cared about the gutters and um you know it's just like you know and you can and i have a ring camera so i have like i can sometimes i'll go in there if i'm bored and i'll spy like, right. i'll see who's who's at the house or whatever and like i saw her like messing around with the gutters and like you i can hear she's telling her husband like oh the gutters look kind of you know and the guy <laughs> and the husband was like no they're good they're just they're sturdy right. good gutters and it's like yeah she's just like now nah, nah. like what the fuck gutters like literally gutters like okay Wonderful gutters, got it. Um, at that point, she was just finding something to, and that's and, and that's what like my realtor, my brother who's in real estate, they say the same thing. Like a lot of times, when you sell a house, you'll get some of this shit. Like you'll get people that you know just literally show up for whatever reason. She did yeah. she, for whatever reason. And I get it, it. but it's it's ang- but it's angering because it's like you wasted thirty minutes of my day that I could have been at home, and not to mention right. like people don't understand like that's time that I have to leave my house, I have to take my kids with me, we have to basically ride around or go to Costco or do whatever just to buy time, and you're basically window shopping or just fucking. You know, we've had people come and say, "Oh, great house! It's just too expensive." You knew the price before you. Right, like you, you, you applied to see the house. Getting into like a, my house is market value. B, like you knew the price, so it's not like I'm just, you know, showing you something. Like you know, I mean, it's not like I raised the price when you got here. Like no, you knew the price as you set up a viewing. So it's it's yeah yeah. But but again, first world problems. First world problems. I'm blessed. So you are. I try to I try to keep that outlook. Um. At least publicly, anyway. Privately, I'm cursing out people. 
death to Whitey public or privately. Oh my no, God. no, I'm just kidding. But no, it's, no, but but to your point, you you might be right because like a lot of times too, like I'll leave the house and like the the the, the people that are coming to see the house will be waiting outside and you know you sometimes you get a look like oh i wonder if they're tenants well, like oh the black folks are leaving they're, they're tenants right like we had so i had somebody ask me the other day it's like oh uh um you you guys live here like yeah i live here yeah and it's like oh you own the house yep yes. I, I own the house like it's crazy <laughs> i know black people actually own homes yeah they're crazy it's crazy um i know right i know I know we don't all just live in projects. I know. I'm telling you. Um, I'm telling you. No, like, sadly, sadly, in 2021, that we still even friend, have to have this conversation. Yeah. You're not going to be there. Just leave the house, meet like 15 minutes early before they get there. Yeah. I'm telling you. For sure. For sure. But yeah. No, I, I, it's something that I will definitely uh, take under advisement for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Uh, but let's get into it, man. Enough about life and houses and all that other stuff. Man. Where you want to start? You want to start with Afghanistan first? Or you want to start with yeah, my, let's do Afghanistan. my lowly Mets? No, you know no. what? Let's start with the Mets. Let's start with the Mets. Because okay, let me just get it. Let me okay, just get out. Let me just get it out of the way. So I can focus all of my my ire and my focus on Afghanistan. Listen, uh the Mets season is over. Oh my God! Is it? Uh, it's 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 over. Oh I know there's some Mets fans online that are still have hope. You know, the next what is Mets fans? No, I mean there's listen. There's there there are listen. Pete Alonso has an audience. That's all I'm going to say. He has an audience. It, it, well, no, there's Pete some Mets fans, but there's Pete some Mets fans out there. Listen, know. Pete, he Pete does knows. know. He knows, and he knows. He, knows. he, he knows. doesn't just believe. He knows, but. Um, <laughs> Listen, there are Met fans out there that are old. And listen, God bless them. I'm not trying to bash them. God bless them. I wish I could be that positive. And I could wish I could be like, no matter, like we could be 35 games out on September 20th and be like, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> I wish I could have that level of positivity. I don't. Not in sports, not in life. I just don't. I'm sorry. Um, that being said, um, yeah. Yeah. It's over, man. It's over. I yeah. mean, listen, I know our next 17 games are against, you know, after, you know, after, um, after the Giants this week, um, you know, our next 14 games are against the Nationals and the Marlins. Um, and we I'm should go fare pretty well, but I, I just 13 and one to even have a shot. At the fucking least, and and then and then the, of course the Braves are playing their toughest stretch. They're playing the Yankees twice. Okay. They're playing the Dodgers, Giants. So yeah, I get the reason for hope, I guess, no, but it's not happening. It's not no, happening. It's it's, not. it's it's done. It's done. They won today. They won. Today. Yeah, they won today. Congrats! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, it's like you know, yeah, eh, too little, too late. Javi Baez comes back and the season's over. Thanks, great. Thanks. You for know it's you. bad when I had a choice between to go to a. This is going to sound terrible, but I had a choice between going to Sparks game and a Mets game, and I was like, "Let me go to see the Sparks." Wow, <laughs> that sounds awful. I know that I'm not even horrible. offended as a Mets fan. Like, why would but you? Like, go I was like, no, "Why would you go watch the Mets? Why would you go watch JD Davis yeah. strike out at nothing but fastballs? Why would you yeah, go? Friday why night. would you go watch Pete Alonso strike up at, at high my, keys?" My thought process night. was: it was Friday night. I was like, you know what? Got off of work early today. I live. You know, five minutes one direction is a Dodger Stadium. Five five minute Uber ride. In the other direction, I could walk to the Staples Center at about. 10 minutes max. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Sparks, Mets. I, I, I kind of want to see, I want to see some WNBA action. Screw yeah. the New York Mets. I rather Fuck watch it. the Sparks. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> this weekend was just, I was done with it this weekend, man. This was the first weekend that the Mets have been playing that I've just said, and I was home all weekend for the most part. And, you know, outside of Saturday afternoon, I did some things um, that I just didn't dedicate any attention, any effort, any energy to the Mets. Like, um, I was just like, I can't do it. 
Friday night I did. I lied. Friday night, eighth inning, bases loaded. They finally got um, they finally got uh, what's his face out of the game because he was just dominating us. And um, you know, I believed. I was there. I, I just like Pete asked me to. I believed, and I was there. I was ready. But you didn't and know, of man. course, you didn't yeah, know. I, I was. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. Know. You didn't take I that didn't extra know. step. That was, you're supposed to know. You were questioning. Yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Listen, that's, that's um, on you. That's on you. That's I know. On you, I, 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 they, they lured me back in. And then of course, JD Davis does what JD Davis does, which is do nothing in meaningful games. And yeah, that's it. That, you know, off the Mets go into the night and they lose two. Cl- and, and, and that's the most egregious part of this entire skid that the Mets have been on. Basically <laughs> this, this, uh, this month long skid that the Mets been on outside of the Sunday night game against the Dodgers last week where they got killed 14 to four or something like that. Every game has been like three runs or less, like literally been close games, nip and tuck battles that have come down right to the final bat, final at bats or final innings. And we just can't get a goddamn hit with guys on base. I mean, it is, this is the worst offensive team I've seen in 20 something years of watching baseball. Like this team is that bad offensively. And they like, shouldn't and be. That's that's the frustrating. That's part. A, yeah. That's the frustrating part. Like they should not be, you know, because there's guys on this team that, at the very least, have the potential. And that's probably the problem too. Is like they have a lot of unknowns on this team too, though. I have talented yeah. guys, but a lot of guys that outside of one year haven't really done it on a consistent basis, year in, year out. Like Jeff McNeil, I love the guy, but outside of 2019, like what has he really done? He had a he he came on late last year, but. You know, a 60-game schedule last year, 2019. Yep. That's all he has on the back of the baseball card. Dom Smith, a great 2020 season. 2019, he was banged up for most of the year, and Pete Alonso came on, so he didn't really play much. You know, outside of that, what has he really done? You know, you have a lot of guys – you know, same thing for J.D. Davis. Like, a lot of guys in this lineup that we all think as Met fans have potential, and we've all fallen in love with them because they're all homegrown guys or whatever, but – at the end, you know, it's, it's not like there's Alex Rodriguez's and Derek Jeter's here, guys that have put together resumes, years of production. And even our guys that have, right? Like Lindor's having a just a bad season. I know he had a, yeah. a down season numbers wise last year, but even for him, this season has been a completely, complete I mean, waste. I- so I, I tuned into the game yesterday for a little bit, and I the first person I saw set to the plate was Michael Conforto, and his batting average was like two twenty two. I was like, "What the?" Which fuck? is which is a season <laughs> high, by the way. Which is a season high, by the way. He was at like one eighty for like the longest time. And then and then it goes and then like later in the game, it's like Francisco Lindor. He's batting like two twenty seven, two twenty eight. And I was like, "What is going?" Like this is like I don't really follow baseball like that too much. I I kind of have like an idea of what's going on. And yeah, what's it. going on? But like just to see the averages, like on the screen this late into August as like 222, 228. Right. It's like that like that's that's not normal. Like that's that's like first month of the season I got off to a slow start number. That's not like we're in late August and yeah. I am one of the best hitters in baseball <laughs> type numbers, which I and it's just crazy that they they've had the years at the same time. McNeil's another thing. Like McNeil, I remember um he had a great year. Um, was it last year? Was the year before that, or both? It was the year of twenty nineteen. He yeah. came up in eighteen, had a good, had a good yeah, bat, like, you know, rookie like a, campaign in eighteen. People were talking about him winning a batting title, and, <laughs> and I still believe. And, I, and by the way, I still believe that. Like I still believe yeah. Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil is a great hitter. It's just, it's just this year. It's just, it's just, it's not been there. You know, he had a stretch right after the All Star break where he came on, and you thought, okay, Jeff is starting to put on one of these 
you know, surges that he did kind of similar to what he did last year, where he kind of got off to a slow start and then kind of really put it up, you know, really came on, you know, second half of the season, you know, and, you know, late into the season he came on, but this year it just hasn't been there for Jeff. And it's, it's, and he looks, he's honestly like, he's the biggest surprise out of all. Conforto's mm-hmm. always had these peaks and valleys. Like he's, it, that's just, Michael Conforto's frustrating. Like Lindor to me is very disappointing because I thought he'd be huge for the Mets. I thought he was going to turn, like. I, the, the only thing I'll say about, the only thing I'll say about Lindor is guys, when you know how it is, guys first come to New York, big deal. It always takes them a, a year to adjust. So I, I was kind of figured, I was kind of figured that Lindor was going to have a down year by comparison of his career numbers because it's the first year in New York, first year in the National League. So I was kind of, I was kind of hedging my bet that that was going to happen. So I'm not really like, sh- I mean, I was shocked at how bad he looked at times this season, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, okay, I give, I'll give him a pass because it's it's his first year in New York. But some of these other guys, like McNeil, McNeil. I mean, I know McNeil's a better hitter than that. I've seen him be a better hitter. Conforto, Conforto's consistently inconsistent. I get it. Michael Conforto is a frustrating player because there's you know, like he'll go on a six week stretch. Well, he'll carry the team. He'll hit twenty five home runs and drive in you know, fifty runs in a in a six seven eight week stretch. And you think, oh my god, this guy is you know with that swing. He's he's the next great left handed hitter. And then it's like yeah. then he'll go. Then he'll have a two month stretch where he'll do nothing. Literally do nothing. And that's just Michael Conforto's career in a nutshell. Like he, he's just, it's the peaks and valleys, the peaks and valleys of Conforto that just drive you insane. Dom, you know, even Dom, Dom's, Dom has had an uneven year because he's had stretches where he's been really good. His numbers are good overall. But you know, Dom's I think never he's, gotten consistent playing time to even show. That's the thing. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing with Dom that I've, I've, I've given him a pass is because Dom has had to learn a completely new position this year. Like yeah. He's basically had to become an outfielder overnight, essentially. Not overnight, but you know what I mean. Like he's essentially learning on a new position. He's not playing his natural position, and you know it is. Baseball's a mental game more than anything else. It right. affects you at the plate. You know when you're trying to learn a position, and oh by the way, I got to go out here and hit. You know, <laughs> you know Max Scherzer and ninety seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it affects you. Yeah. So I, I, but even then, Dom has been clutch for us. He's been somewhat productive. He's been the only other hitter on that lineup besides Pete Alonso and Nimmo that have done Pete anything. His back, his uh, baseball card, the back of his baseball card. Yeah, um, Pete. Yeah, Pete is Pete is showing up, and that's why. Pete, like, Pete, I, I hate back. From I remember, right? He wasn't. Yeah, Pete. Pete. Pete got off to a slow start, and then he kind of yeah. turned it. Up. Really, after he got off the DL, he went on the DL for like ten days, and then that's when he really kind of picked it up and turned it on. And and he's been pretty consistent overall. He's had some stretches where he's had some slumps or whatever, but you know, Pete has been for the most part pretty consistent offensively all year. And Nimmo's been an on base machine all year. So those are honestly been the two best. Honestly, the best Met this season, besides Jacob DeGrom before the injury, has been Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop is one of the best relievers in baseball. He's got like a one ERA this entire oh year. <laughs> and he's a lefty specialist. I mean, listen, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, you know, this season started out with so much hope, so much good vibes. And in the span of one of, you know, three weeks, it's basically all gone to shit. It's all gone in the, in the fucking toilet. From four up to seven back in a span of 20 days. Think about that. Think about that. That's in base, like in any sport, actually that's in any sport, but in baseball, that's just that you're playing every day. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's it's, like, that's like 2007, 2008 Mets. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's probably a reason why Mets think it's so possible for it to come for them to come back because they seen it happen. They seen it happen, but (laughs) it's, it's the, listen, I, all the things that I said two weeks ago, 
are, are true now. I feel like the front office got overconfident. I feel like this team got overconfident. They felt like the division was theirs to win. They felt like they had it in yeah. the bag. They had no they had no idea that the Phillies and the Braves were going to make moves at the deadline, even though they should have suspected it because these are teams that have high payrolls and are teams that are expected to win. But, you know, I said it then. I thought the Mets tried to get too cute at the deadline, not addressing the rotation. And I, and I know, to be fair, they didn't know that DeGrom was going to have that setback right after the All-Star break. I understand that. I, or after the trade deadline. I get that. But they needed everybody. Everybody that's a Mets fan could told you. They needed another another arm in that rotation. Trevor Williams was not enough. They, they needed another. They needed a, a couple other bullpen guys. At the at worst, they need another bullpen guy in that in that in that in that bullpen. And they just didn't address their needs. I mean, Javi Bias was good, but then of course he gets hurt. So you basically, you basically haven't seen Javi. I mean, Javi Bias has played what seven games for the Mets. That's it. Yeah, and seven, eight games if that, if that, and that's it. And ever since then, it's just been, it's just been a disaster. He's been out, and he came back today. He looked good. He's a presence in the lineup, so that helps. Um, but you know, I thought the Mets kind of get too cute at the deadline. They didn't address the needs, and the Braves, to their credit, and to Alex Anthopoulos's credit, they made moves. They, they the Braves remade their entire outfield in a span of twenty four hours. And, and I give worked. credit to the Braves, and it worked. Yeah. And their they, and their run differential is the best in baseball. They're they've been on fire outside of the Yankees. They've been the, the hottest team in baseball. Like right. it's it's crazy the turnaround that the Braves have made. And and I go back to the series before the trade deadline. The Mets had a five game series at home against the Braves. I said it then to a couple Mets buddies. I was like, at minimum, five games at minimum to truly feel comfortable, you know, four and one against the Braves. The Braves were a dead team walking, you know, no hope in sight. Acuna's down for the year. They have no offense. You know, they're not getting Soroka back, probably. You know, Osuna's slapping bitches left and right. Like, like the team is just dead man walking. (laughs) Dead man walking. Like and the Mets basically go two and three in that series, and that gave the Braves Same life. I, yeah. That gave the Braves life, and and this is and this goes to show any fan in any sport in any team when you're in these situations, man. These are you gotta you gotta keep your foot on the gas, man. You gotta put your your foot on some of these teams' necks and not let them come up from air. And it just always felt like even the fan base always, Oh, but we're in first place. The Mets played shitty, but they somehow won. Oh, but we're in first place. Oh, you know, we lose two in a row. Oh, but we're in first place. Oh, we've been in first place 90 something days. And even I fell into that trap, but you know, here we are now three weeks later. And guess what? We're not in first place. And now we're in seven games back and our season is basically over. And now you've got the owner, the owner calling out the team and this idea that Steve Cohen is wrong for what he said. No, he's, he's the, he's right. He's fi- finally somebody in that goddamn organization said what it needed to be said. And, and also, like, I I agree with you on this. And also, you know how many times I heard sports talk radio Met fans like, oh, you know, I wish we had a Steinbrenner. Well, you know what? Who would have said shit like that? Steinbrenner would have said it. Exactly now he's that guy. Well, but but, I don't, but honestly, Met, Met fans are not upset. It's the media, yeah. obviously. Oh, owners should act like this. But no, the no, fans no. are – They loved it when it was Steinbrenner. They loved yeah. it when it was Steinbrenner. Oh, yeah. it became part of the charm because it was the Yankees and it was George Steinbrenner. Right. Now, listen, Steve Cohen, I have no problem with what Steve Cohen said. It needed to be said. Finally, somebody on this goddamn franchise and this damn organization said what needed to be said. Like, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the positive. Listen, when you've had the streak that the Mets have had over the last 20 days, where you've basically gone from being four up to seven back, I don't want to hear about positivity and, you know, the process and let's go back out there and let's get them tomorrow, Slugger. Like, no, like it's it's late. You know, this isn't May. I can understand this is May and you've got, you know, 
90% of your schedule still going? Like, no, yeah. this is August. This is the dog days of August and the Braves are hot and you're struggling and you're, you're going through a streak that is like amongst the worst you've seen in franchise history. I'm sorry. No Met fan paying their hard money wants to hear Pete Alonso say, you know what, well, we got to get out there tomorrow and, and right. you know, get yeah, back yeah. at them and let's give it the old college try again tomorrow. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody, right. nobody. It's cool for and listen. I don't and I don't want, and I don't want fake anger either. I don't want like just oh flip a table over just to flip a table. No, but genuine like frustration and like yo, this is bullshit. Like we're better than this. And you saw it a little bit on Friday night after that game when Michael Conforto said some things and you know, but but it it just it listen. I have no problem with Steve Cohen said it needed to be said. Yeah, it needed to be said. I, 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 I was really shocked. I mean, he was on Twitter too, which is right. Um, which and listen, could he have said it better? Could he tactfully yeah. said it a little bit better? But you know, it, <clears throat> listen, it needed to be said. And, I wonder what uh, he's going to do in the offseason. How he's going to address this all? You know, this is going to be listen, a after a disappointing first year. Like, how are you going to address it? Are our heads going to roll? Like, is everyone going to get the? I think they should. Like, <laughs> I think they should. <laughs> I mean, listen. I mean, I, th- I think. I think. I think. If you're looking at this team right now, I think. Listen. I understand Met fans want to be positive. I know the schedule coming up is lightened considerably from this 13 game, you know, barrage against the two best teams in the NL. I get that. So it's going to, it's going to lighten up significantly from here. But that being said, um, you're in, you're in trying to find the best word. You're, you're basically in scouting mode from here on out. Now, now from August 23rd onward, you're basically seeing, okay, who on this roster is a part of the solution next year and going forward, and who is somebody that we're going to get rid of or we're not going to resign or not going to keep or trade or whatever. Right. That's what you're doing right now. And if you're Steve Cohen, you're evaluating the entire franchise from the top on down. I'm sorry, Sandy. I respect him. He's done. He's 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 a Hall of Fame GM, baseball executive. He's been in the game forever. Listen, shift him to the you know shift him to running the team, which was originally what he was supposed to be used to be team president, not involved in the day to day baseball stuff. He was just supposed to be the president of the team, running the business side of things. Doing put Sandy in the president's office, let him be the second in command to Steve Cohen, and then bring in a baseball executive, a, an executive to run the team and a GM, and start there. Luis Rojas, I'm sorry, it's not all his fault. I get it, but. Has he really distinguished himself in two years as a manager no. of the Mets? No, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And I get it. he's in the loo. I understand that, but I'm sorry. I've seen enough. He needs to go. And it's not all his fault. Sometimes, but a lot of times when coaches get fired, it's not all his fault. It's not, it's not always the coach's fault. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of times it's the players, but you yeah, can't fire 25 guys. Yeah. You can't I, fire I 53 guys at football, right. you know? Yeah. Right. But he hasn't distinguished himself. And and again, the post, the press conferences at the end of the game, sometimes are just like, what are you watching? Are you watching the same thing? He's not as bad as Mickey Calloway, but you know, Mickey still, delusional man. Mickey Calloway was delusional. And then he was a pervert on top of that. You can't be delusional <laughs> yeah. and be a pervert. Like, come on. It just oh, doesn't Mickey Calloway, what a what a uh, guy. Those were those were fun times, weren't they? Oh, those were, those were fun times. Nah, man, listen. Uh it's not all Rojas' fault, but he's gotta go. Bring in a manager. Uh, I want an experienced manager, a guy that that can come in and fire these guys up. And, you know, I don't know who that person is going to be. I wouldn't mind Buck Showalter. Like, I think Buck's can still manage. I still, I still think Buck has, has has fire for the game. And Been in New York, basically created the dynasty before. Exactly. Uh, got no credit for him. Him and, him and, him and Stick Michaels. Him and Stick yeah. Michaels. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Buck Showalter. I wouldn't mind somebody else out there. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a managerial change, and then of course bringing in, bringing in a GM and a baseball ops guy that 
basically runs the baseball side of things. And then as far as on the roster goes, I mean, you have to evaluate all these players, man. Outside of outside of Lindor, Alonzo, DeGrom, and maybe Nemo, everybody is is under review. Everybody. Everybody. I'm not saying everybody's going to go, but I'm saying everybody's under review. You need a third baseman. J.D. Davis is not a third baseman. I, that experiment is over. I want him off the team. It's done. Like, I get it. He's a nice kid. Maybe yeah. he goes to the American League, can be a DH, and, you know, fully realizes potential, but it's not going to be here. And, and which is the ironic part, is going to be a DH next year. <laughs> you know, anyway, but, yeah, I, I just, to me, if you can get if you can get something for J.D. Davis, I'd trade him now. Um you know, Conforto, I'm split on Conforto. I like Conforto a lot. I've been a Conforto defender for years upon years upon years, and he's a free agent. Listen, all I'm going to say with Michael Conforto is he better take the qualifying offer. He, he better take that 18, 19 mil or whatever because – Don't, don't get assure if, yourself. He, if he's looking for five years because there were rumors that, he, you know, he's a Boris client too, by the way. Oh, great. So, there, yeah, yeah. But you know there were rumors at the start of the season that you know could Conforto get six for you know 180 million? Yeah, no, that's not happening. At least not with this team, anyway. Um, and then everybody else, like I said, everybody's under evaluation right now. Everybody. So there's going to be some changes next year. Good. There's going to be there some changes be. next year, and there should be. It's good that summer, you know, SummerSlam and AEW and CM Punk distracted you this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough. Yes. Weekend. Yes, it was a rough weekend, and, and I sat through that that snore fest that was SummerSlam last night. But um, you know, at least we got CM Punk back in wrestling. Shout out to CM Punk! Finally, after seven long years, and oh, WWE man. just continues to WWE and Vince McMahon continues to be its own worst enemy. You know, so what, what can you do? You know, Vince McMahon. It's a, and listen, when you when you have an entire product and it's being written by a crazy old man who's in his seventies, it's an you know when every writer goes on every you know, dirt sheet or podcast. Well, he, still writes, he still writes for WWE. Yes. He's the head guy. I mean, they have a creative team. They have a creative team, but he makes the decisions as to what but it's him. It's listen, Josh, you have so much to learn, so much to know about. Oh this my thing God. That I, you know, listen. Yeah. He's, it's an oh, audience that, of that one. It's an audience yeah, of one. And yeah. it's not even, and it's not even like they're doing stuff for what it's not even like they're doing what's best for business it's 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 basically it's an audience of one it's what's best for Vince man it's his fantasy it's what he likes it's, it's what's his, his fantasy. fantasy you know I, I, there's a lot of rumors that they're selling that the, they're selling it they're selling it to NBC for a billion oh, plus wow. a gazillion god only knows how much i mean the network's already gone the network got sold to NBC for a billion so you yeah know. and then just all the roster cuts i mean getting rid of braun strowman getting rid of all the all the cuts that they did you know it, it's just there's a lot of rumors out there that they might be selling. Um, man, I'm not man. sure I buy it. I, I still I, I still can't come to the realization that Vince that McMahon family is not going to own the WWE, and that's a bad thing too. By the way, like that's a that's that's a bad thing if they sell because I don't want corporate wrestling. Like I don't want NBC. You know, can you imagine some <laughs> some fucking executive in fucking Burbank, you know, running oh. WWE? Like, oh, hey, well, well, I'm running wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know. Wrestling fans are down on Vince, and I know WWE fans like myself are down on Vince. But listen, I'll take Vince, even in this crazy state of mind that he is in the seventies, over some fucking corporate suit. See, but my thing, I'll say that I don't watch wrestling, but like I feel like because out here wrestling is huge. I know a lot of people who host yeah. wrestling. I, I, mm-hmm. I personally don't. I edit a, a women's wrestling podcast. Like I, I, so I'm, I know yeah. the world, although I don't yeah. watch it. 
But like, yeah. I just feel like everyone just does nothing but complain about WWE. Ever since, I've been out here since 2015. <laughs> yes. And the whole thing is like, WWE sucks. I fucking hate the yeah. way they book. You know, this person yeah. didn't get over. Like, they always have problems with like storylines and then they still watch it. They still, <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's part of the problem. Yeah. I, honestly, bro, I used to be that person. I used yeah. to be that person. I would get on the OG versions of any given Sunday. I'd get on and, bag on WWE for hour yeah. and hour on end with a guest. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't watch – I watched WCW growing up. I was a WCW kid, so that was like 11 or 12. That's when I stopped watching wrestling. But like even like SummerSlam, I saw Goldberg was like, <laughs> what is Goldberg doing into the goddamn ring? You want me to believe oh that Goldberg my God, is in Goldberg. shape enough to like whoop Goldberg. ass like in, in a wrestling ring right now? Like come on. Like why are you guys still doing this? Like Goldberg's literally like 97 years old. Why is this guy having matches it's at terrible. SummerSlam? It's terrible. It's, it's terrible, man. Listen. And that's um, why casuals like me don't get roped in because exactly like, and that, that's it that's I, that's exactly i don't the watch wrestling i haven't watched wrestling in a long time I, I i don't look at i don't look down on wrestling i think wrestling is like it's whatever it's just it's cool like i used to it's watch a form of entertainment that anybody else yeah is like, it's, but like i don't get roped in because it's like i'll see a promo and it's like goldberg versus like who was it lashley <laughs> right who we faced yeah bobby it's lashley, like you yeah. you expect me to believe that bill goldberg is gonna last five seconds in a ring yeah. with bobby lashley i, I don't know yeah. who won the match but if it wasn't lashley for me it's criminal <laughs> it was bobby like, lashley by ref stoppage because hey they wrote into a storyline i don't even want to get too bad it's, 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 it's fucking annoying listen i mean that's the i mean but but i but we talked about it we, but we talked about it you know as we started the show about not 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 focusing on things that make us unhappy and all that other yeah. stuff. And this is one of them. Like, I, bro, I am a diehard wrestling fan. Yeah. Like living, I used to live and breathe it every day, go to show. I go to indie shows, like everything. And now it's like, I stopped stressing about WWE. I don't watch it anymore. I don't watch it. Like I know what's going on. I know enough. I know what's obviously I'm always around the product. I mean, I, I host you, a wrestling a podcast. podcast. Aren't you doing yeah, I hope, yeah. I host, I host a wrestling podcast and uh, bro, I watch SmackDown on dvr or i catch the highlights on youtube i don't watch raw at all like i i don't even raw is so bad so there's a, there's a distinct difference between smackdown and raw yes like okay. when like raw is at the point it's just as bad if not worse and maybe maybe og wrestling fans want to say like when like the dying days of wcw like those final well, that's when i stopped shows, watching wrestling yeah that's, that's exactly those final point. nitro yeah. shows like outside in the just beach. A, <laughs> Raw is that bad, if not worse. God, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. Like I'll catch, you know, I know what's going on. I know the results. I follow the dirties. I know the results, obviously, because I do host a podcast. I got to know what's going on. But honestly, like I, I don't, I don't live and die with it every day. Like, and I used to live and die with WWE, and I don't now. And it's just like because it's like I, I, it became so enjoy. You know, it just it became so toxic like i would watch a pay-per-view and just literally shit on an entire pay-per-view and that it would literally just make me upset and angry and okay. i just couldn't do it anymore so i have a, this is my question too now are you getting angry because you're not getting the results that you want or just because it doesn't make sense and it's not entertaining because i feel like a lot both. of times like both when I, when I when i talk to people i used to talk to people who like were watching raw and smackdown i used to engineer an after show uh after buzz tv i used to be an engineer so that we had a, a raw after show uh, SmackDown after show and a lot of like I I met Ryan Satin like he he was a producer on a podcast that I used to engineer um who who works for Fox now like I used to engineer Xbox Xbox One Two Three Sixty he had a podcast at AfterBuzz I was a backup engineer for that so like I'm a, I've been around it which is interesting and I found it a lot of times it's like people and this is my perception like and maybe because I was younger I was like eleven or twelve like I just wanted to be entertained like I didn't care like who won and I feel like a lot of times people are like. 
you know, they, you know, why would you build them up to get into this point? And then like the storyline didn't make any sense. And it's almost like people become like writers and directors. And it's like, dude, just enjoy what, what's going what is, on. But it's like, like any show, like, but it's like any, but it's like any show, right? Like if you yeah. watch Breaking Bad and they do, a, they, they do something questionable with a character, like you're going to be like, well, what the fuck? Like, why did, you know, Walter White do that? Or why did Jesse make that decision? I, I don't get that. Or that. It's like watching any movie and watching it. From I feel like people are overanalyzing. It's like, dude, just enjoy the match. Like your guy didn't win. You thought he was going to win, but he didn't win. Like that's a, that's a, that's a little wrench. Go with it. But when it's, but when it's like, but when it's like, it, I get what you're saying, but it's not how mm-hmm. wrestling fans are wired. And it's <laughs> like, but when you see the shit that happened like last night, like you have a Bianca Belair, a fucking young performer who you've built up and you've gotten to the point where you had her main event one of your wrestlemania nights the first all-black main event in wwe history and you built that up you bouquets won awards for that shit and then you take this baby who's a baby face by the way you take her you put her in this situation first of all you advertise a match with sasha banks about bianca belair that you knew wasn't going to happen you you've known for at least a week that that match wasn't going to happen and you still kept advertising for it you 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 aired the promo video at the start of the match, knowing that Sasha Banks wasn't going to be able to do the match, right? Okay, whatever. So Bianca comes out, whatever, whatever. Then they throw Carmella out there to distract everybody. Then, of course, Becky Lynch comes back. Huge pop from the audience. Huge whatever. And they have her beat her in, what, 17 seconds. All that work that you went to putting this young, over baby face, over – and it just goes out the drain because you make her look like an idiot from a standpoint perspective because they – and it's not even like Becky beats her with her finisher in the disarmor. Like, no, she beats her with a basically a modified version of the rock bottom that makes her look like a complete fucking bozo. Like, it, it, that's the shit that wrestling fans get annoyed. It's, it's like when it's like questionable stuff like that. And again, I, I, tell, I tell anybody, if you're a fan of Snowfall, if there's questionable writing on that show, fans are going to get on Twitter and online and they're going to bitch and complain about that. Maybe not to the same ferocity, but you're going to complain. Just think of your favorite wrestler, your favorite TV show where it's like I know plenty of Walking Dead fans that like are fucking upset because they just think the show has gone down in quality over the years. Like it's the same thing with WWE. It's like we're just it's just we're more vocal than your average, you know, Game of Thrones fan or whatever. And it's just questionable decisions like that. It's just questionable oh, I just, decisions. I just watched the match like while you were talking. Like that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's, it's like awful booking like that. Like who? Like you? And it's like you honestly want to know like who the fuck signed off on this? Like who signed off on this? Like who laid that match out? Like who? Who? Who were the? Who were the agents? Who were the that that produced that match? That like who thought that this was a good idea? And and you've. And you shit it on Bianca. Like you have to turn her heel now. Like now you have to now take one of your over baby faces and turn her heel to to even to even save this storyline from being a disaster. Wow, that was yeah, that was bad. <laughs> not, not to get not to get into too much in the weeds of wrestling, but it, it, it's just it's just annoying, my point man. is that like that happens right. So it's for me as a viewer, what I, my my critique to what you were saying is like, all right, so that happened. Well, why don't you just go with it? Like why? Now, now you're upset that she lost. Be upset that she lost. Root for her to come back and whip Becky's ass. Not, not to mention a because we don't have any hope on the on the creative team, quote unquote. Okay. Vincent Man, we don't have any hope on Vincent Man. Not to mention they do this to a lot of black wrestlers. It's, it's I, know, I, I hear that a lot. You know, yeah, they do this a to a lot of black wrestlers. Like they, it's yeah. it's a pattern. Like they fucking had Kofi had the title for a couple months and then Brock basically bitches him out in you know two minutes and then he never gets a rematch. 
Right. <laughs> the other thing, he never he ever know. gets a rematch. Like he it did just, my boy Booker yeah. T dirty too, man, with Triple H. I remember that. Like yes, a, yes. I yeah. mean, Triple H taking thirty-five. Triple H taking thirty-five minutes after a pedigree to cover Booker T at WrestleMania yeah. nineteen. Like we don't forget this shit. Like this yeah. is we got a mental Rolodex of all this shit that happens, man. It's Booker like, was my favorite wrestler. That was my favorite wrestler. It's it's annoying, man. It's annoying. But listen, I didn't want to get too caught up in the weeds of wrestling. I, 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 CM I Punk, Punk is back. CM Punk is back. It's yeah. a good thing. It's a good day for wrestling, and AEW is is putting the full core press on WWE. And it's it's happening. And then Daniel Bryan is going to come in a couple weeks, and then the shit is really on. Daniel Bryan's going to AEW. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's it, it's not official, but if you basically follow the dirt sheets and and the dirt sheets are basically for those who don't know, the media person, the media people that are that are in the know that follow that cover the rest, you know, cover the wrestling business. Back in the day, you used to call them dirt sheets. But, One more question: Was CM Punk's return a surprise? Did everybody know he was coming out in that moment? Everybody knew that. Everybody knew. Obviously, again, if you follow the dirt sheets, they knew that AEW. It's one of those things where it's like it's rumors, but it's nothing that's official. But everything is pointing. Signs are pointing in that direction. So everybody pretty much knew that this was happening. But until it actually happens in wrestling, you're like, eh. you know, there's always that. There's always that because uh, promoters so like to CM Punk, but they really did not. They weren't 100 percent sure that he was coming out. I mean, you knew, but you didn't know if that makes yeah. sense. You okay. knew, but nothing. It's not like you had a thing saying, yep, CM Punk signed on this day. Like there was rumors. A lot of times in wrestling, there's like, oh, backstage reports. You know, they somebody saw a guy backstage. So there's right, rumors right. that they didn't I mean. Until you until, and there's a thing in wrestling until it's official, it's not official. Until you see a guy come on TV, it's not official. What a so world. yeah, it's official. What it's a, it's, world, a, it's amazing world. It's an amazing world that that I choose to be a fan of. I'm, I'm just I'm casually on the outside, just like, <laughs> like Josh wow. is like, what a bunch of fucking dweebs. I'm the person like I don't think you anybody should hate or disrespect anybody. For something that they like, like it always bothers me when people have hobbies. That's like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, like, like there's people so, that so watch so fucking reality. People talk about people who watch wrestling. Say, oh, f you, man! Like you probably like some other shit too. Like we all like different stuff. Right. Like it is what it is. Right. So I, I don't like I've, I, like I've had people yeah. shit on me that I like wrestling, but you yeah. watch love and hip hop, like, right? Really? Like, like, yeah. Then you turn on the Bachelor every Monday, right? Like, it's like <laughs> literally the same shit. Like, yeah, literally the same shit but uh this i listen i can't bag on people that like the fast and furious franchise like i'm sorry i've never seen a fast and furious movie listen god bless I, them you you like what you like i've never i, seen I just i just don't know who's keeping the fast and furious franchise going maybe it's I don't asians understand why everybody maybe it's asians mad. i think it's why asians are still, why are you still furious after fucking 15 years calm down yo stop being mad at things I don't understand why that th- movie still exists. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's and it's become so cartoonish that franchise that it's like become. It's, it's always beyond. been cartoonish to me. I mean, I it's always been cartoonish. School, like, what is this? It's always been cartoonish, but it's it's gotten to the point of just like it's ridiculous now. It's ridiculousness now. Well, like when, John McClane, like John McClane in Die Hard, is shaking his head at some of the shit that Vin Diesel does. That's in these bad. Movies. Like, come on. Well, I remember when Paul Walker died. Like that, that movie had a lot of hype around it, and people like beefed that up. And they've had two. And they've had two other movies after that, <laughs> and they're and they're planning another one. I think so. And, and the Rock is in it, right? Isn't the, the Rock? No, he's it? he's done. He's done after Hobbs and Shaw. I think. Did you he's know that the Rock had the Rock and Vin Diesel have it in their contracts that they can't lose a fight on screen? 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's in their contracts. I'm not surprised. And Brock and Vin Diesel can't get along. They they're like they have a, they have a blood feud. I hear. Know? I um, hear. Yeah, Vin Diesel. Yeah, listen, we've gone. We've gone off, off the rails, directions. man. We've gone off the rails, man. Let's let's get this thing back. Listen, the Mets the Mets season's over. Um, it's, oh yeah, the Mets. It's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's trash. It's over. It's it's done. It's there's no need to. It's probably the last time we'll talk about the Mets on this show, barring you know, barring miraculous. something miraculous, which I don't see happening. Listen, and I'm a I'm a fan. If it does, great, wonderful, awesome. But I I just don't see it happening. So. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not happening. R.I.P. to the 2021 Mets season and uh, what could have been. That's what, that's what the mantra of this season will be. Could what could have been. been. And that's it. That, and I'll end with this. That's the most frustrating part about it is never will this division be as winnable as it was this year. You had the Phillies who couldn't get out of their own way. The Braves were ravaged by injuries and off the field stuff. You know, the Marlins are the Marlins. Like the Mets, you know. It was golden. It was a golden opportunity for the Mets to win this division this year. And they just they let it sit through their fingers. And a lot of it is injuries. I get it. The Mets have been ravaged by injuries. But, you know, it's like you had it. You had it in the bag, man. There's always next year. Yeah. yeah. There's always next year. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, speaking of as always next year, that, that, that seemed to be the mantra for uh, the, the military industrial complex. Oh, my year, God. You know, there's, always there's always what next year. There's always next year, right? That's, that's a professional ass segue. Shit, oh, right? my that's, God. That's a that's a that's that's a good segue right there. No, fantastic um, segue. It's always next year. That's what that's what the that's what the ghouls of the Pentagon and the military industrial complex would tell us, right? It's always next year for us to, you know, get our opioids. I mean, um, fight for the freedom of and the liberation of, of Afghanistan and women and Islam and all that good stuff, you know, and, and democracy throughout the world. Throughout democracy um throughout the world. Um obviously it's we, listen, we went in a lot of different directions on this show, but it's pretty much going to be a one-topic show for the day. Right. I, I don't know how you can not do a show and not this not be the you know the uh, the overarching theme and topic of the show for this week. I mean, it's unless you've been living under a rock. Afghanistan has probably been the biggest news story in the world over the last uh, you know seven days or so. Um, it's finally. About to come to an end. Uh, this this twenty year odyssey, disaster, nightmare, whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, it's it's finally coming to an end. Um, I'll let you go first because I have a lot of a lot of different emotions and anger yeah. and a bunch of things that I want to get off my chest. But I'll let you go first, man. Twenty years of Afghanistan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so really I'm, interested in what you have to say because I mean, you're a vet and. You know, I, I feel like you have a unique perspective on this. I mean, my perspective just basically comes from, you know, what I've seen on the news. I wouldn't even say the news. I don't. I don't trust CNN and the MSNBCs of the world. And you mean Chris Cuomo's uh, Italian? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't trust them too. Especially when when it comes to foreign policy. Especially when it comes to foreign policy. Um, I don't. And, I don't think. And, the and they're and they're showing their true colors this week. By the way, one thousand percent. If there's one thing this week has taught anybody who hasn't been paying attention i think that you knew this i knew this many but the media loves war i mean just it sounds absolutely like 
I mean, pro whatever they, they, they can say whatever they want about, you know, peace and, and, you know, whatever, but they've, they, every time, you know, there has been any type of threat or talk about us leaving true, uh, leaving whatever country or, or, you know, bringing troops back home. There's always been some type of pushback by every outlet too, on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> there's always some type of pushback. Um, and you know, and we're seeing that like we are leaving Afghanistan. We have been leaving Afghanistan and I was under the impression that it was a great thing. Um, it's kind of disheartening to see not just the media pushback on it, but like so many people kind of fall for it. Like now all of a sudden people are talking about Afghan women rights, which don't get me wrong. <laughs> I I am very I'm a fe- I consider myself a feminist yeah. I, I I will tell people I am a feminist like and I believe in equal rights for all women across the world but like let's not pretend that like <laughs> we were out there in Afghanistan fighting for human rights that's not the reason why we were in Afghanistan at all um you know the Taliban is a terrorist organization but you know who's been allies with the Taliban we have been. <laughs> uh, we, we created the Taliban. We, we, yeah, um, we we use the Taliban to fight ISIS, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we have been in bed with these guys. It, it's just a situation where it's just like we all, both sides of the aisle, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. You will find very few people who do not agree that hey, let's bring back our troops, let's bring them back safely. Let's you know, there's it's a problem. You know, we have a problem even taking care of our troops when they come back with PTSD or you know, or or all these type of conditions. And you know, I think we all can agree that endless wars and wars for no reason are bad. The only people who still want to be out there are people who believe at this point, I don't know how you still believe it, but believe that we're fighting some type of war on terror, which we aren't doing. So Biden coming out and saying, Hey, we're coming out of Afghanistan to me is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's something that I have been preaching that you have been preaching that, that any populist or any non-interventionist, any libertarian have been preaching for the longest time. Now bring the troops home. We're doing it for in one of the countries, at least we're doing it. So that's something that should be celebrated. Now, that does that does that mean that it's going to go smoothly? No. Does that mean that there's going to be some hiccups? Yes. Does that mean that you know certain things are going to look bad? Yes. But like we knew this. Like I don't understand why people are surprised that you know this hasn't been the smoothest transition out. If this is not in, like that. That area is so destabilized because of our presence and because of you know just the way that politics are in that in that area that of course us leaving is going to cause a big stir that's what it's going to be and it's it's fooling a lot of people into thinking that like we have to be the policemen of the world and that we have to stay there for human rights reasons when we weren't even there for human rights reasons to begin with so you know just my message to anybody listening or watching would be that hey us leaving is a good thing that doesn't mean that we still can't fight for equal rights across the world. It doesn't mean that we we have to stop pushing for equal rights for women across the world. It doesn't mean that we can't voice our opinions and our support for Afghan for Afghani women across the world. But let's not pretend that us gunning out of Afghanistan is the reason why these women are in the situation that they're in when we should have been in the first place. So, Manny, I, I know that you you served, and I'm really anxious to hear um, what you have to say and what your perspective is. Yeah, this week has been an interesting one, man. Uh, listen, I was blessed to have never have gone to Afghanistan. I went to Iraq, um, but my brother deployed to Afghanistan. He's one of the first initial soldiers there during the surge in 2001. Um, and, um, you know, obviously I've known a lot of friends and and um, brothers, really, that have fought in that ugly 
useless war. And um, listen, I have a lot of thoughts. There's, there's a cynical side to me. There's a there's an anger. There's an angry side to me about this. There's a there's a um, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of emotions, really. There's a lot of emotions. I mean, obviously, the cynical the cynical side of me would say, yeah, they're ending this war to start another one. I mean, you can never put it past the, the military industrial complex. I mean, they did raise the military budget. Obviously, they're not just doing that for shits and giggles. Obviously, they're going to look to bomb some other country, maybe Somalia. Who's next in the in the uh, wheel of fortune of U.S. interventionism and bombings? Um, but that being said, listen, this was something that should have ended <laughs> a long time ago, at least sixteen years ago. Um, this war should have should have came to an end. You know, and we've been we've been sold a bill of goods and a lot and a bed of lies for 20 years, 20 years, 20 years. People have been dying in this war on both sides. Troops on both sides, civilians on both sides. And for what? That's the part that, you know, I I found myself a lot this week saying, looking for cause, like for what, what is, what is the ultimate cause of it? What is the ultimate end game of this? What was the ultimate end result of this? What was the ultimate synopsis we will have from this? And it's just, it's the same thing. It's like another, another Vietnam, another useless war, bloody war that costs the lives and the well-beings of thousands of American men and women for nothing, for nothing. And all the while the U.S. gets to pat itself on the back and say they're the purveyors of democracy and, 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 and justice and freedom for all, even though they're imperialist and terrorists in their own right, you know, we get, to, we get to basically pat ourselves on the back and say we're the ultimate fighters of freedom. No, we're not. We're, we're just as bad as Great Britain and the U.K. We're just as bad as as the Spanish Empire, the Ottoman Empire, any other empire out there throughout history that is that is colonized and used imperialistic tactics to, you know, advance their own agendas and their own, you know, political ideology or whatever. Um, we're no different. We're the same. The thing that angers me the most, man, is just that, again, we've been in this godforsaken country for 20 years all the lives that were lost, all the blood that was shed. And honestly, nothing was gained. Nothing was gained. What, what did we do? What did we accomplish? What did we gain? What was the, what was the end result? Nothing for the country, for Afghanistan to be in a worse shape today than it was in 2001 in worse shape today than it was in 2001. Like why, why? to prop up some government, a crooked government that never had a chance of lasting. This was going to happen. Listen, this idea that, oh, it could have been handled differently. Everybody all of a sudden became a war logistics expert, right? Like, oh, this could have- in geopolitics all of a sudden. Right, all of a sudden, like, oh, this was going to be, first of all, war is ugly. War is ugly, and there's never a good way to end a war. Find me the war that ended good. Like, everybody just shook hands. All right, okay, yeah, this was good, guys. All right, yeah. (laughs) No. War is ugly. War ends ugly. It's easy to start a war. It's always difficult to end a war. Always. Look back at any war throughout history. It's always difficult to end a war, especially a war like this that was built on a bed of lies and a bed of bullshit. 
And the, the amount of lives that we lost and the money that was spent, $2 trillion in 20 years. $2 trillion, again, propping up a corrupt government. You know, everybody wants to sit here and throw shades at the Taliban. And listen, the Taliban is not, they're not, listen, they're nothing to write hold them about. I get it. The Taliban are evil people. But what was the Afghan government? That president that was overthrown, that left with a car and bags full of money? Bounced. Like, what was he? Yep. Bounced. Bounced. He was just as corrupt. He's just as bad as the Taliban. He's just as bad as the Taliban. And that's the problem. Like, we always talk about in, in our election system right now, it's the worst, you know, it, it, it's, 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 the, it's, it's, you know, that, that ideology that we, that we subscribe to when we were voting for who our next elected officials are. Right. It's the, you know, it's the best of, of the worst choices. Right. And it's like, it's the same, it's the same with who we get in bed with on geopolitical stages. Right. Like it's, it's the, it's like we get in bed with these awful, 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 vile people in the name of democracy because we want to further some sort of agenda when we're really not. We're just, we're just, we're literally just doing the same thing the other side is doing it. And we're just, we're just slapping the American flag on it and calling it democracy. It's not. Anybody can sit there and can tell you that it's been to Afghanistan. Anybody that's been, that's been five minutes in Afghanistan. No, the, the Afghanistan army, the Afghan, Afghan police, the Afghan government was crooked and was never going to survive. And this would have happened, this would have happened in 2016. This would have happened in 2005. This would have happened any year in the litany of years that this war has happened, this would have happened. And yes, the images are horrifying. Yes, I hated seeing what happened this year, but this week, those, those, those scenes from the airport, that's heartbreaking, seeing these, these people. And that's who, that's who I'm more upset. I'm upset about, I'm a, I'm, I'll take that back. I'm upset at a lot of people. And I'm upset for a lot of people. Mainly I'm upset for those civilians, those people that had their countries and their homes wrecked on a war that they didn't ask for, that they had no involvement in, that had no say in. Those people, those are the people that are suffering right now. Those are the people that are that are going through hell right now. That who knows may may end up dying even more, or end up getting slaughtered even more by this fucking heinous fucking group. Right? I'm mad for our servicemen and women. Like I'm mad for them because how many fucking soldiers went over there, got blown up, came back in a fucking pine box, or came back luckily alive, but fucked up in the head or fucked up physically. Like for what, for what? Tell me for what, 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 what did we accomplish in this war? What did we gain? What did we do? Is Afghanistan better today? No, we talked about it. No, they're worse off today than they were even in 2001. Like, so yeah, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hurt. You look at the, you read the Afghan papers. I, I recommend everybody go and Google and find the Afghan papers and you find out the level of corruption and lies that existed in our own government over these last 20 years. They knew this, the U.S. government that knew that this war was unwinnable, that knew that this was a big ass waste of time and kept propping it up, kept throwing money and lives without a care for any, any of them. For anybody's life, for anybody's family, just kept throwing money and lies at the problem. And they knew this war was unwinnable. And that's the biggest crime. The fact that, and the fact that I got to turn on CNN and hear these fucking ghouls like John Bolton and fucking Condoleezza Rice wants to put out an op-ed. George Bush wants to put on a fucking state. These fucking war criminals, 
These war criminals? That's who you want to throw at me, CNN? That's who you want to tell me? Who the fuck cares what John Bolton thinks? This fucking bozo who lied us into war, who, who, all of them, Cheney, Rumsfeld, all of them should be in fucking jail. All of them. Because they're all war criminals. All of them. The fact that CNN even even was like, these are the people we should have on is disgusting. Right. Not the guy that's writing a book on that, uh, right. that Breaking Points had on this week. Um, Sagar and Crystal interviewed um, the guy that's writing a book on the Afghan papers. Not him. Not him. Who's on the ground covering this war right. year and in and year an out. Knows the ins and outs. Journalist. An independent voice on this matter. No, right. we don't have him on. We'll have John Bolton on. We'll trot out General Petraeus out there. All these fucking generals. The Pentagon. Where's the Pentagon? Everybody blames, you know, uh, the Pentagon. The Pentagon. There's people in the Pentagon that should be fired today. Fired, thrown on their asses. And that's the nice, and, and I'm being nice. Some of them are going to be in jail. These generals that lied, that knew that this shit was, was bogus and kept propping it up there too, kept Mad Dog. Remember Mad Dog was some American hero? Mad Dog Maddox, he's another one. All of them, everybody, both parties, everybody's got blood on their hands. And again, I reiterate, soldiers, men and women, people, your next door neighbors, people you knew in your communities, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, people went and fought in a war, in an unjust war, a war built on a bed of lies. And some came back in a pine box. Some came back with PTSD. Some came back fucked up physically. And for what? For what? We learned nothing from Vietnam. Vietnam was the same thing. You always say, you know, they always say history repeats itself. No, it's true. It does. Because this is, this is our Vietnam. This is our generation's Vietnam. And I get pissed about it, obviously, because I I also served and I knew a lot of people that fought in a heinous war. I knew a lot of people that came back with PTSD. I have a buddy of mine that committed suicide because of PTSD, because of going overseas. So, yeah, this shit is real. And 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 I hate I hate that this war, that the lives of so many men and women are being used as a tool for advanced agendas and you know, fucking neocon perspectives, like fuck off. Like it, it, it just drives me insane. And the other thing that drives me insane about it too is $2 trillion. How many times do we hear, oh no, we can't have Medicare for all because oh, the cost would be so much. Oh, we can't have student loan forgiveness or student debt, or, or we can't cancel student debt because, oh my God, look at all the money that that would cost. Oh, we can't fucking, you know, we can't fight hunger. We can't fight poverty. We can't fight homelessness because, oh, who's going to pay for that? Who's going to split the bill? You know, when we're bombing some other fucking country, we never ask what the price tag is of that. You know, when we're intervening in some other fucking country's political elections, we never ask what the price of that is. Never. We Somehow we never ask where the money is when we're trying to bomb another country or when we're trying to throw money at the problem in Afghanistan. We never ask where the we never ask where the money's coming from. But somehow when it's when it's to help us domestically, there's fucking people that live in communities across this country that have fucking potholes and shitty infrastructure and 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 terrible, terrible systemic issues. Flint still probably doesn't have drinkable water. But no, they, they don't get twenty two trillion, you know, they don't get two trillion dollars. No, 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 no. Afghanistan does. So really? Really? And then you have the audacity to tell me that you can't do student loans forgiveness or you can't eliminate student loans or you can't cancel student loans, that you can't do Medicare for all. An, an infrastructure bill, you know, uh, that that people don't want <laughs> right. to go over two trillion. Like literally the number is two trillion. The fact that Democrats and Republicans literally fought while people were dying, going hungry 
over 1400 measly fucking dollars in stimulus checks while they're throwing 300 million dollars what a day in afghanistan down the toilet got to make it 1.9 can't go over two baby come can't on, do man. it come on man that, that 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 is the part Aside from the lives lost yeah. and the damage that it was, the, the, irre, the irreversible damage that was done to not only our men and women, but the men and women over there. That's the part that angers me the most, man. Because that that is heinous. Because that shows you that these politicians don't give a fuck. And these media people don't give a fuck. And you know what? I'm also going to point the finger at us, at voters, at common folk, just like you and myself. Because we continue to vote and prop both these parties and politicians alike that continue to get us into these forever endless wars. You bear the responsibility for that too. Look yourself in the mirror. Don't sit there and cheerlead this video or any other video like this. Blame yourself too. Because every time that you voted, listen, Obama's got blood on his hands. Bush Bush should be in jail. Forget blood on his hands. That motherfucker's got a fucking tidal wave of blood blood on his hands. That fucking war criminal. Obama's got blood on his hands, like I said. Trump's got blood on his hands. And even Biden. You know, I gave Biden credit because it took a lot of guts to have that press conference this week and pull us out because he could have gone. He couldn't gone against his word. He could have. But I gave him credit. That's the best thing. Listen, I don't care what anything else that Biden does. Listen, I'm a, I'm a staunch progressive through and through. You know that. But I will give him high marks on this. He, it took guts to do what he did this week and, st- and to stand by it. Yeah. When you could argue it's political suicide. And he stood by it. But even he has blood on his hands. He's, well, yeah, he's, vice he's, president he's, for eight years. I mean, he's vice said, president for eight years. Yeah. And he, he was, was in the surge back, back when Obama was, he, he said he was against the surge. But at the he same was time, it's the not surge, like, but here's another thing like, it's not like we're just in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's oh, not right. like we're just bombing Afghanistan. Right. Like, we're bombing Somalia. We're yeah. bombing Syria. <laughs> so look like, at the instability so like, all over the points, I guess, for getting us out of Afghanistan. But like, what about everything else? And that's no, he, like, he, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And I'm giving him credit for at least sticking through Trump's yeah. initial plan to get us out. Right. And by, that's the thing, Trump and, and to give Trump I mean some type of credit, he started the withdrawal of it all. I mean, he did hand it over to the Taliban. Um like literally made a deal with the Taliban. That's not like me being hyperbolic, like, oh, Trump handed no, like he literally like cut a deal with the Taliban. But, well, he start- but, but here's but here's the thing. Yeah. The initial plan was to get the Taliban and the yeah. Afghan government together and for them to work out a peace agreement. Right. The Afghan government refused to deal with the Taliban. Right. There is a civil war. And and Sagar, I know you can't stand Sagar, but Sagar said something this week that or maybe he was a phrase that he borrowed, but whatever. But he's like, people need to start understanding that the enemy gets a vote, too. They get a vote, too. It's a war. The enemy gets a say-so. You may not like it. You want to like it, but they get a vote, too. They get a say in this as well. And you can't neg- you can't get two parties to negotiate if one just absolutely refuses to meet anybody halfway. Forget halfway. Refuses to even negotiate. And the Afghan right. government, that's a fact. They refuse to negotiate with the Taliban. So what do you want, what do you want the administration to do? And again, I, listen, I can't stand Trump. I'm not – listen, this isn't about Trump. This isn't about Trump right now or it's our hate for Trump policy. or whatever. Our it's about our foreign policy. Past 20 years. Our, our, 20 years? 40 years. Our well, I'm talking specific, specifically, yeah. specifically Afghanistan. Yeah. It, it, it's a broken system. 
It's a broken yeah. system. It's a system that keeps getting propped up by the media. Again, this is the biggest this is the biggest thing that anybody that didn't know or didn't have their ears to the street or didn't understand why we're so passionate about this. Look at the media. The media has covered themselves in neocon bullshit this entire week. Oh, how could you? That's a sign of weakness. And the media, the media. And listen, folks, don't be so surprised. War is big business. I think the media's not banking on Afghanistan. They're banking on this shit. That's 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 endless reels of bombing. They don't give a fuck whose whose lives are getting lost in in, in this chaotic war. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. These media executives. You think Jeff Zucker? He's not sending his kids off to fight. Man. How does he end? You think he's sending his kids off to fight in Afghanistan? No, no, no. It's your kids. It's the kids in your community that are getting off to get sold. You know, to, to go fight. You know, we can't pay college athletes because God forbid, you know, giving a 20 year old that much money, but we could go send a 20 year old to go bomb Kabul. Right. And we could do that. You know, we could do that. It, it's just. I'm angry, man. I'm angry because, again, 20 years, all the lives that were lost on both sides. And for what? For what? For nothing. And, I, you know, I, I had this conversation the other day where it was just kind of like. I was on Instagram and, um, you know, a lot of conservatives that I went to school with back in high school, like they're really against what's going on, especially military wives. Um, they're mad at Biden for, you know, what's going on. And I come to the realization that it's not so much that they're mad at the fact that uh, Biden has withdrawn the troops, but they have to feel like their husbands missed birthdays, missed holidays, missed all these events for something. Like Bro. And a lot of it is like, it, it, you, do you get what I'm saying? It's like, no, I, so, I, it's, it's, it's a reaction. Of like, so you're telling me that we're leaving. Afghanistan has fallen to the Taliban for what? Like, why was my husband? Why was my brother? In 17 days, no less. Right. Like people like to bring up Saigon. Yeah. Like a lot of people brought up Saigon. Saigon fell in 1975. We left yeah. in 1973. It took two years, yeah. two and a half years for Saigon yeah. to fall. Kabul yeah. fell in 17 days. And I think I think a lot of people, and this is not just conservatives, but a lot of like military wives, a lot of people, like they like there had to be a reason. They can't wrap their heads around the fact that there was no reason for this uh, uh, outside of like, hey, military industrial complex kind of wanted to make some money, right, make some money right. on, on this. Or, hey, right. you know, Afghanistan, you know, that that land is sitting on some nice natural resources that we kind of want to be control of, you know, and a lot of people are just having a hard time grasping that their son, husband, white, whatever, is just there as a pawn, mm-hmm. you know, and them being in Afghanistan, as weird as it sounds, gives them meaning. It gives them a purpose. It, it it allows them to be called a hero. It allows, you get what I'm saying? It's like this whole no, I get it. mind I get fuck it. that that the media controls and it's and, hero worship, it's hero right? Worship. And fools yeah. or or it manipulates you know these poor men and women who are back home waiting for their husbands and wives to come home. And you know it's 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 just Bro. sad, man. It's just really sad. A little insight into me. Those who may know who've listened to the show, but I I deal with a debilitating back condition. I have disc herniations and I have nerve damage in my neck and in my spine and you know i'm pretty much i'm i may need some sort of spinal fusion maybe even some thoracic outlet syndrome surgery in my future here my near future um all this because i deployed to iraq so i went far from my country you know did the hoorah american patriotism thing for a year 
in a war that was unjust. Talk about another disaster, Iraq, in a war that was even another war that was sold on a bed of lies. And I came back with a fucked up back. I can't do half of the things that I used to be able to do. I can't even play with my kids the way I would like to or involved with them in their sports and their athletics as, as I'd like to, because I came back fucked up and I don't regret any of it because hey, I signed a contract. It was some of the best years of my life. I made some of the best friends, brothers, brothers that I will, I will go to my grave saying these are some of the best friends I've ever made. So I don't regret, I don't regret any of that, but I think that's another thing that drives me insane that I fucking went and I came back with a fucked up back and I'm, and I'm fortunate because I don't have PTSD I don't, you know, I didn't, I, I'm lucky by comparison, right? But I came back with a fucked up back and for what? And for what? Nothing. Nothing. I'll probably never be able, I'll never, I, I, there has not been a day in, what day is 2021? There's not been a day in 12 years that I've been without pain, some sort of pain. And I will, I don't care how much money I make. I don't care the level of success that I have doing this, whether this show blows up, whether podcasting in general blows up, whatever. I, I win the lottery, whatever. I don't care how much level of success, money, fame, whatever I get. I will trade all of that to be healthy and happy and be pain-free. And I'm sure a lot of vets feel the same way. And then it hits home when you see shit like this week. These neocons, these fucking bozos, these ghouls. Again, John Bolton. John Bolton. I gotta listen to fucking John Bolton basically tell the American people they're wrong because this isn't what they should be wanting. They should want more military intervention in Afghanistan. This guy who should be literally sitting in Guantanamo Bay as we speak. It just it just doesn't sit right with me, man. It doesn't sit right with me. And again, the media, same thing. These in these the the the, the better lies that they continue to put out there and to and to 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 help these politicians and their propaganda and these parties. And again, both parties have blood on their hands. Both of them. This isn't left, right, this isn't conservative liberal. Both parties have blood on their hands. The Pentagon has blood on their hands. The media has blood on it. Anybody who perpetuated these these lies and these propaganda for 20 years, you have blood on your hands. And look at yourself. And voters who continue to vote for these politicians and vote for these fucking neocons and neolibs, you have blood on your hands too. And that may seem hyperbolic. That may seem like, oh, how can you say that? No, it's true. Because if you vote for people like Ted Cruz, you... The Dan Crenshaws of the world. Don't get me started with him. Jesus Christ. You have blood on your hands. You're just as bad as John Bolton. You weren't making the decisions, but you're basically endorsing everything that they do. And, and it's just, it's beyond me, man. And again, it, 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 it bothers me because now all of a sudden everybody cares about Afghan women. Right. Now everybody cares about the people of Afghanistan. No, you don't give yeah. a fuck about any. You don't give a fuck about Afghan women. You don't care about women's rights in Afghanistan. You don't give a shit about any of that. These bre- these back to brunch liberals now they care about Afghan women. The fuck off. No, you don't. No, you don't. You you couldn't. You you wouldn't have known Kabul from Madison, Wisconsin, two days ago. You don't care. You don't care. You care now because the media is showing you pictures and horrifying footage. It's, oh no. As you're having your brunch and you're and you're drinking your mimosas, now you feel horrified. Fuck off. 
No, you don't. You don't care about these people. Some of these people, these rich white liberals, I'm going to say it, rich white liberals who don't have family members that would, would be caught dead being in the military. Now they're horrified. Now they feel some type of way. Look at the mom that probably lost two, some, some lost a kid, maybe two, to war. Or the wife or the mom or the sister or the brother that has to see their fucking loved one come back and have fucking PTSD or have a fucking steel rod in their leg. For what? Democracy? Nah, man. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And again, I'll reiterate this. The media, the Pentagon, the military industrial complex, both parties, voters, all of you have blood on your hands. All of you. Don't, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, you, you, you have blood on your hands. Yes. Everybody that, that, that continued to perpetuate this, this nonsensical war for as long as we did, you have blood on your hands. Taliban left in 2000. You know, Osama bin Laden left in 2002. He was gone. 2002. Read the Afghan papers. He was gone. And the American government knew he was gone in 2002. Fled to Pakistan. They didn't know where. Some believe that he was still coming back and forth. But for the most part, he was out of country in 2002. That war was won in six months. And we continue. And then we, and of course, we get into bed with the, Af- the Afghan government. Right. And, 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 all, and all you conservatives and all you libertarians out there that are all focus on the purse and the budget and spending, you know, and all that, right? Part of that $2 trillion was to endorse and prop up the Afghan government. That folded like a cheap suit in 17 days. And the military too. And, and the military. military. And the military. And then yet, and yet with a straight face, you tell me we can't do Medicare for all. We can't <laughs> yeah. cancel student debt. Right. Student loan debt. You know, we can't. We have a homelessness crisis in this country. We have a wage gap crisis in this country. Right? You don't think $2 trillion would have gone a long way in fixing some of that? Infrastructure. There's some places in there's there's some places in this country that have infrastructure akin to some World War II destroyed areas of, of Europe. You don't think two trillion dollars would have helped that? People in Flint that died, their local government poisoned them. You don't think two trillion dollars would have helped fix the water systems in, in, in Flint? You don't think so? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Absolutely. But, hey, that wasn't what's, what was on the agenda, right? Nah, you know it was it was democracy in Afghanistan. If you're so, if you're and and if the and if the American government is so concerned with atrocities and human rights atrocities, why are we still in bed with Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Thank you. Thank why? you. Yeah. The Saudi prince. Have we have we have we held their feet to the fire for Jerome Khashoggi's murder? By the way, yeah. but we Afghan care about atrocities. Murder. Afghan, Afghan women. women. What about Saudi women? What about the things, the atrocities that are going on all over the world? Somalia, in Myanmar, aka Burma, all these things. All I mean, I listen. I, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you chapter and verse. <laughs> human rights violations and issues going on in different countries around the world. Look about. The, look at the atrocities going on in Venezuela. We're not bombing Venezuela. 
Well, we already fucked up Venezuela. Yeah, though. but we will. Yeah, we. <laughs> we'll be here another two hours talking about Venezuela yeah. alone. But yeah, it just, it just, man. To wrap up, it gets me upset, man. Because again, it's not even. It's not even so much because I fought. Because again, I, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I came back without PTSD. I came back without a fucking rod in my leg or a fucking prosthetic arm or something. And I didn't get to go to Afghanistan, but it's not even about the fact that, that I served. If you're not as an American citizen, forget what your ties are to the military or whatever, as an American citizen, if you think back at the cost and the price, the cost, not just monetarily, but the cost on lives and stability that this war cost, how are you not outraged at this? And the sickening thing about it is this will be in the news cycle for a week or two, maybe a month, and then we'll move on to something else. Yep. We'll move on to the next story. Maybe the Delta variant becomes worse and then that'll, that'll COVID will, will, will regain the spotlight. Maybe another black person will get shot by the police and that'll regain the spotlight. I mean, it will just go on to something else. And all the outrage, all the, the logistics experts, all the, you know, the, 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 the supporters of Afghan women rights and all that stuff will go by the wayside. And secretly the U S government and the military industrial complex will fund another war because we don't learn from history. We don't learn from history. That's, that's what I'm worried about is, is, um, is the fact that, yeah, we're out on Afghanistan now, but what's next? And you know, it's up to us as the people. And and, and you're right, man. Like the people who Somalia, (laughs) that's next. (laughs) Venezuela, that's next name a country. I mean, it really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wheel of fortune. Just literally yeah. spin it, and wherever it lands, that's what we bomb next. And it's, I, you know, and this I, this goes back to the media too, where the media is doing us a disservice. Where it's up to us to to keep ourselves informed. But when the media on your television is constantly misinforming you, how do you expect a public to be informed? They're doing a dis- Not everyone's like you and I, Manny, and and the people watching this. Where like we go out and we seek independent media that we trust and that we vet. And, you know, not everybody's like that. And everybody has, you know, the passion for politics. Not everybody has the time for politics. There's, you know, we are invested in this and we're heavily invested in this. But for someone who like could only watch like five to 10 minutes of on a television screen, you know, what's going on in this world for CNN to be doing such a disservice for MSNBC, be such a disservice Fox News, we can get into for hours. But, you know, the media to me is just as culpable. And I know it sounds crazy because they're not drafting any legislation. They're not the politicians making any decisions. But if you want to talk about, you know, an accessory to murder or whatever, or whatever, like the media, the Jake Tappers of the world, the Chris Cuomo's of the world, all these people who you watch on a nightly basis, who you might agree with on Black Lives Matter, who you might agree with on social issues, who go hard for, you know, certain issues that us on the left might agree with. These people at the end of the day, are there to serve a conglomerate that is making money off of the backs of the military industrial complex. And they are, they should be held responsible for this. It is absolutely disgusting. And without an honest and true media, this country is not going to fix itself at all. Like this, this goes back to the problems we have socially in this country, you know, with between black lives matters and, and, and just everything, every, every, every problem that we have stems from the media, which is why someone like Donald Trump was probably elected in the first place was because of the distrust of media and rightfully so. If there's one thing that I don't disagree with Trump supporters on is the fact that you can't trust this media. And the biggest scar in my mind is their coverage on our foreign policy, you know, to see the media kind of just 
make this out to be like it's the worst thing in the world that Biden's you know making a mistake and that we should you have like you said John the fact that John Bolton is on as like a freaking source of like objectiveness is Condoleezza Rice published an op-ed. It's 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 insane. It is it is literally insane. It's like having Han- Hannibal Lecter on. Like should no, we be eating, no, eating humans? No, like even better, <laughs> even better. The Lincoln Project, the Lincoln, the Lincoln Project, Project filled don't. filled with nothing but Republicans that yeah. served on the Bush administration that and all were complicit. Stuff. Right. In the lies and the bullshit of this war. Right. And the fact that liberals, all because they wanted to dunk on Donald Trump or they wanted to win this, the, the resistance against Donald Trump, they got in bed with the Lincoln Project yep. and these fucking ghouls who created what do you have to say for yourself. Who, who created this fucking monster? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I and I'm I'm not the type of person I, I've always agreed that the media has been toxic in this country. Um, I don't like getting into that conversation with conservatives, though, because I don't think they are able to distinguish the differences between CNN and Fox News. And I think there is a huge difference. But for particular topic, particularly foreign policy, it's all the same. You can you can both sides me on this. Um, the it's difference is subtlety. Fox News yeah. doesn't hide what they're about. They're propaganda. Right. While CNN paints it as news, even though they're propagandists yeah. as well. So, and so MSNBC, yeah, I, I mean, they might as yeah. they might as well be Fox News light, you know. Just on the op- just on the opposite side. They try to be. You know? it's, just, it's like it's, no, it's, it's disgusting, it's, man. It's, it's disgusting, man. It's, it's disgusting. for an accessory to this. It's the media. I, I think the media has played such a horrible role in you know our our presence overseas, and they're just as culpable. And, and I don't know how you hold the media responsible, but something has and, to be done. And you know, and you know what upsets me more, and a lot of things upset me apparently, but you know what upsets me even more, right? There's a lot of voters that just don't pay attention to foreign policy. Doesn't doesn't and I get it to a certain extent, right? Because you know when you've got issues going on in your community, and it's confusing. Yeah, and it's confusing, right? Because you don't know you don't know what to disseminate. You don't know what the fuck. You know you couldn't you you can't tell the difference between Taliban and Al Qaeda and ISIS and who the fuck. You know I mean it's it's confusing, right? Plus you got a lot of you know plus people live in fucked up. You know listen, the country's fucked up in a lot of ways, right? And if you live in Flint, you think you got time to figure out what the hell is going on in Kabul. No, you got your own issues at home. You got your own Kabul at home, right? So I get it. But if you're if you're one of those folks that's fortunate to live in a decent area where, I mean, listen, every area has issues, right? Every state has issues and their own problems. And I'm not trying to minimize one area versus the other. But if you're one of those people that are living in an area that are, that where you're lucky enough to not have as many of the you know issues as say, you know, this city compared to that city, Foreign policy is important, and I think voters should understand that. And this is why this is important, because these things affect you. They don't affect you directly, but they do affect you, and they do affect a lot of what what they they affect media. They affect politicians and who funds them. Like, foreign policy is important. It is very important. And we need to pay attention to this shit, and we need to understand, like, and we need to start putting in politicians in D.C., that are anti-war and for and anti-forever wars on top of that. And this and, yeah. and this interventionist ass fucking agenda that a lot of politicians and a lot of government officials are with. You know, that we just need to we need to end this shit, man, because again, the cost is too great. I agree. On both I sides. I think it's hard to overcome the hero worship that you know our country has towards our trips. 
um, you send troops out to war and it's like, oh, they're fighting for our freedom. They're fighting for our country. And you have a oh, lot that's of another thing. That's another thing. I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's just, no, this shit, tri- shit is triggering, man. You know, every single one of you, you remember I said how people, voters, people like you and I have blood on their hands. You think you don't have blood on your hands because you think you do the right thing in an airport. You salute for a troop, a platoon of soldiers as they come through a through a, a gateway or a gate or a terminal. You know, you 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 think you applaud people because you may have bought them a drink at a bar one day, or because you know you're a business, you have a military discount. You think you you think you you think you're you're without blame. No, this country we 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 celebrate our soldiers and we prop them up as literally tools and props we don't give a fuck about soldiers because if we gave a fuck about soldiers we care about what the situation in the va is there wouldn't be one fucking homeless vet homeless vet in this country right now if we actually cared about our soldiers they wouldn't but no we don't care enough but you know we tell ourselves we care we tell ourselves that we're okay and we, we're good people because, you know, we give them a 15, 15, you know, a 15% discount at Applebee's or because, you know, you know, a vet can go buy sneakers at Foot Locker with his 20% discount or, you know, uh, because we, you know, we say thank you for your service. Nah, that's not caring about vets. If you cared about vets, you wouldn't vote for politicians who want to put our vets and the lives of these vets in danger and their families by definition too. Because these families are with the ones that are affected as well. You know, you know, imagine a mom that sent her kid off to fucking Afghanistan. And her kid comes back and fucking a steel rod in his fucking leg. You don't think she's affected? You don't think she, she has, she has skin in the game or a wife or a partner, husband, whatever. You don't think they're affected? Yeah, of course they are. So don't, don't, don't tell me that you care about vets. Oh, I support the vets. We support our vets. No, you don't. Well, it's, it's not just that for me. It's, it's the hero worship that justifies us having troops in these occupations to begin with, right? So if if you if you look at these troops as heroes, if you look at them as like you know these arbiters of like freedom, you know that they're protecting our our, our rights, they're protecting our way of life. Of course, it's going to be harder for you to look at the situation and go, "We shouldn't be there." And I think the media and both parties, but more the Republican Party, but both parties have done a job where it's just kind of like, if you question, you know, what our troops are doing, you are an awful human being, you are un-American. And it's like, I can separate the two. Like, I, people have to be able to separate the two. And it's okay to, like, say, hey, like, my husband, my wife's in the military, but they're not fighting for my freedom. Like, that that's not a that's not an insulting thing to say. It's a realistic thing that people have to come to the conclusion where it's just like, yo, the people who were in Afghanistan for 20 years, like they weren't there fighting for your freedom. Like they just weren't. And that's not, that doesn't diminish the fact that they weren't brave for signing up for the military. That doesn't diminish the fact that they, you know, it takes a lot of fucking guts for someone to stand up and go, you know, I'm going to go across the world to do something. When, and if they're in their hearts, they think they're fighting for freedom in their hearts, whatever the reasons were, that takes a lot of bravery in my mind, Listen, but it doesn't change the fact that they weren't there fighting for freedom it wasn't change the fact that they weren't there being used as political pawns by our fucking politicians yeah. it is what it is and we have to stop this blind hero worship of our troops or else we're never going to come to the realities of the situation that we're in these fucking places that we shouldn't be in the longer that we like idolize the u.s military the easier it is for politicians to do these things over our heads because they can always justify like oh well, you don't love america you don't love the troops no like you can do both at the same time you, you absolutely can you but can it's a part of the, the it's, yeah 
No, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, no, it's it's a, it's a part of it's a part of the it's it's a grift, man. All of it is a grift, right? Like it's it, it's a part of the game that politicians have sold you on. It's identity politics. I mean, even this is even yes. this has ties to identity politics, percent. right? Yes, because yes. again, it's 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 about deflecting. It's about deflecting from the real issue and the real problem and making it about well, you don't care about troops because you dare say something, you know, exactly, whatever. Well, no, like listen, I served in the, in the army for five years. I didn't fight for anybody's fucking freedom. You think I was in Iraq fighting? for freedom. No, I was trying to get a paycheck and I was trying to make something of myself and go to college for free. Not for free, but you know what I mean? Like try to go to college. Like, you know, that's what I was doing. And along the way, you know, somebody wants to thank me for their service. I appreciate it. Great. But I didn't do anything. Real heroes don't consider themselves heroes. They don't call themselves hero. They just do it. Yeah. But just do it. Yeah, you do, but then you also have people who are signing up for the military because they want to be heroes. And sure, and sure, there's there's yeah. part of that. There's there, there's in, in any profession, there's that there's that hero worship aspect to it. But you know that that's always going to be a thing. You're never going to escape that, man. I'm talking about the real men and women that just do this shit, and you know, don't get any credit. You never hear the names on the news instead, unless they're in a pine box. Or when we want to give them a two-minute standing ovation at a game, when we prop them up, then we'll wheel their asses out there in uniform. And, yay, we care about our troops, even though we vote for politicians who want to fund the military-industrial complex and, you know, prop up lies and propaganda and whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's it's angering, man. It's angering because then, I, 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 like I said, I think about all the lives that were impacted on both yeah. sides. All the men and women that lost their lives, that family members, families that were wrecked, people that came back with PTSD. PTSD is such an ugly, sad thing, man. And how many of our soldiers, how many of our men and women came back with PTSD fucked up in the head, dying for help? For what? For a fucking government that we propped up, that we spent $2 trillion training and equipping and, you know, enabling to quit and I'll say it quit in 17 days. Just don't seem right, man. And then and then and then I got a media telling me that basically I'm wrong for applauding this, wrong for cheering this. You know? Nah, man. And listen, like I said, I gave Biden credit because it took Gus to, to have that speech to do what he did, because Biden could have pulled back, Biden could have reneged, and he could have been back to, you know, interventionalism and, oh, well, we got to keep the troops there. See, it's been a disaster. He could have he could have succumbed to the media pressure. He didn't. He kept he kept by it. That's a guts. And I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big Joe Biden fan. And Joe Biden has blood on his hands, too. But for this week, for this particular thing, I give him credit. Now, the cynical aspect of me will tell you that, yeah, he's just doing this so he can go bomb another country. Right. That's a part of the story, too. Right. Of course. And if you have that thought process, you are well within your right. Yeah. But I'll give him credit. It took guts because Obama to do this shit. And Obama ran on getting us out of Afghanistan. <laughs> Obama to do this shit. He did. You know? That's for sure he did. Think about that. The president that we all hate and loathe with our passion, he did the one thing Bush couldn't do. He did the one thing Obama couldn't do. He did the one thing he got us out of Afghanistan. Trump, Trump gets credit too here. I know people want to hate Trump. I, I listen. I can't stand the guy either. He's a fucking moron. But he, he at least had enough wherewithal to at least start the fucking process, right? And he and listen, did he have his own agendas? And he hired John Bolton too, so he gets no high marks here either. 
he's got blood on his hands too, just by, by association. But at the very least, we're fucking done with this war, man. We're done. It needed to happen. It's 20 years. It's far too long. We both can agree on that. A lot of lives were lost. A lot of money was spent. A lot of money that could have gone to other things, Medicare for all. Uh, but, you know. And, and, and honestly, I just, I beg, I beg. And I'm talking to the listeners. I'm talking to whoever's out there that's watching us right now. I'm talking to you, man. I hope that you learn from this you learn from history and you learn of the ugliness and the horrors of war people say they know but they don't really truly know they don't know because it doesn't affect you if it doesn't touch you if it doesn't affect you directly you don't know you just see what's on the news and oh it sounds bad and it's horrible but you don't really know until it affects you learn from this learn and i and i challenge politicians to learn from this they won't it's wishful thinking but to learn from this and, and these logistic experts, too, that, that think that, you know, ending a war is just as easy as just pressing a button. Listen, no war has ended easily. Even World War II, which we've lionized and, you know, propped up there as this great achievement in American democracy. And in a lot of respects, it is. But, you know, even World War II ended ugly. You know, Europe was blown half to hell and we gave half of it to the fucking Russians and started a Cold War. Did that end? Did that end? <laughs> in a great way, Korea. Korea is still at war. People don't realize that the Korean War is still going on. It's just at a ceasefire. At any given moment, hell, we could be having this conversation right now, and that war will pop off. Any given moment, still yeah. going. It's still a civil war. No war has ended. Pretty none. So any idiots, so don't let these assholes on TV tell you that you know I would have done that. No, you wouldn't have. Any president, Republican, Libertarian, conservative, progressive, any president that tried to do it the same way would have ran into the same issues. Yep. That's it. Yeah, man. It's sad, 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 sad. Day. And I hate and I hated seeing what I saw this week. I hated seeing the, the horrific footages of, of of people, you know, at that airport people getting left behind of interpreters not knowing what their status were i mean those people are dead they're dead they're dead if we don't save them you know yeah. and i hate to i hate that no no one and everybody that's applauding afghanistan ending no one's applauding what happened or no one's saying that this doesn't it's, it, this isn't this isn't a terrible day this isn't a celebratory thing you know everybody hates what happened but it was time it's the best worst option in a right. lot of ways right in a lot of ways. So I just hope we learn from history. We won't. I, I we won't. No. <laughs> we won't. I'm sure there I'm sure I'm sure if podcasts were a thing back in nineteen seventy five, I'm sure people would have been saying the same thing about you know Saigon. This is our Saigon. This is our moment. This will be a generational yeah, thing. You'll remember I, I just, you can't the way the way the media is. It's, it's and it also it's not just like the cable news networks, it's also like the newspapers, like yeah, it's like the media in general. The media yeah. in general. Media in yeah. general, man. And again, war yeah. sells. War sells. You know how many you know how many contractors and, and def- defense contractors are littered across DC? They're down they're, everybody knows. They're the it's a grift. Everybody's in on it. And that's why they're upset too. Don't doubt that. That's why they're upset because they know the grift is up. For now, they know the grift is up. They'll find. They'll redact. They'll, they'll redirect. find. They'll find something else. Yeah, they'll find something else. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, man. 
I don't even think we could follow up anything else with talking. Nah. <laughs> no, we, we should just leave it there. We we'll just leave it that. there, man. I, listen, um, I pray for those people in Afghanistan. I really do. Um, hopefully we, we can, we can get some of those interpreters and those local nationals that helped us throughout these 20 years. We can get them out of country. Hopefully I pray for right. the people of Afghanistan. I pray for the families and the men and women that, that fought, fought in this hellacious war. Um, I pray for you guys. Um, and hopefully, like I said, I'll do my part on this show. Hopefully we all do our parts either at the ballot box or just getting out and through activism, through just talking to prevent another Afghanistan, another Vietnam from happening ever again in our kids' lifetime. Right. But that's the best thing we can do because politicians are not going to do it. The media is not going to do it. The military industrial complex is not going to do it. They're not going to, they're not going to end their own grift. So we got to do it. That's our responsibility. So hopefully we, hopefully we heed to that, but I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. All right, man. It's enough trying to save the world for one week. We did our best. Um, we did our best. Yeah, we did our best. We did our best. Uh, but yeah, man, if you like you like conversations like this and then you like discussions like this, I mean, obviously not every week will be as deep and as personal as this one. But uh, if you if you if you like more of this, you know, subscribe to our YouTube page, man. Any given Sunday podcast on YouTube. Uh, you're watching us here live, so subscribe and and hit that like button and, and subscribe and leave a comment. You know, obviously follow the podcast and subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. We're available everywhere, Spotify, Apple, everywhere. Everywhere you can find podcasts for free on the internet, we're there. Um, and then, of course, go follow the show on Twitter at AGS Pod on Twitter, AGS Podcast on Instagram, any given Sunday on Facebook. Yeah, go go check us out. Go support. Again, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You know, it's important to the show. It helps us continue to do what we do best. So, yeah, definitely. And then, of course, go follow me on Twitter at the Emmanuel Brown. Instagram, the Emmanuel Brown. Emmanuel Brown on Facebook. All that good stuff. Josh, you got anything for the listeners before we get out of here? Uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, all my other podcasts are on a hiatus right now, so I'll let you know when they come Yeah, out. yeah. And also go make sure you check out all the slew of podcasts that we have on the Dead End, uh, Dead End Podcast Network. Go check out Dead End Sports, which I'm on. I haven't been on in the last couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll make my triumphant return here soon. Um, also go check out MLBbro.com. Go check out uh, all the stuff we have going on there. Yeah, just go go support, man. If you if you like content, if you like podcasts and 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 stuff just you know go check these things out man i think we, we do a really good job josh on his side of things my me on my side of things we do a really good job so yeah definitely go check that out um but yeah enough saving the world for one day we are out of here for josh rodriguez i am manny brown this has been any given sunday episode 84 we are out of here peace